It's the middle of May, 1989. The wildflowers have just begun to bloom in generous patches throughout the Monongahela National Forest, attracting legions of locals and visiting hikers alike to the deepest, untamed reaches of the woods. It is, without a doubt, the busiest time of year for Arlo Thacker, founder, president, and sole employee of Kepler Expeditions. He's an outdoorsman for hire, sometimes a spelunker, sometimes a whitewater rafter, but in the spring, he's nearly always a trail guide. We see Thacker wrapping up a wildflower tour of the Monongahela with a troop of students from Pocahontas Middle School. Scores of children are lining up behind their respective teachers preparing to file back toward the buses. One teacher's count comes up short. A young girl from the sixth grade class isn't with the group, Thacker. This is bad for the sixth grade teacher at Pocahontas Middle and very bad for Kepex's brand optics. What does Arlo Thacker do? Well, he's going to have to go find the kid, obviously. What, what, what is this kid's name? This kid's name, the teacher tells you, is Juno Divine. Okay. And uh, she was with the group earlier, and they were exploring the woods, looking for patches of wildflowers, uh, and she stopped to take notes, the teacher thinks, and uh, they just moved on without her. It, it, it ought to be pretty easy, just backtrack from where they, uh, where they are now, and uh, he'll be able to find her pretty easily. I mean, yeah, I think act under pressure. I think you're under pressure because if you don't find her, you, that would probably mean the end of Kepex. Yeah, well, we we don't want that. Uh, that's an eight plus. Uh, let's see. What do I add? Act under cool. Uh, yeah, that's a seven. Oh, you have a minus one. Cool. Yep. Sure does. Okay. Uh, it is a mixed success. I you find her, but it takes uh, a while. And uh, the teachers and the students are all getting very, very antsy as you stumble upon her, as you sort of backtrack through the woods. It takes you, it, it, she was quite a ways back. Uh, and you see Juno, and she's sitting on a log overlooking a small creek that's flowing through the woods. And um, she's wearing nearly as much outdoors gear as you are. And she's holding some kind of sketchbook, and you can see some drawings of. Uh, birds and plants and you can see those because she has it open and she's trying to shake it because it's just sopping wet all the way through and she uh has some tears in her eyes and doesn't notice your approach young lady what in the world are you thinking why did you not stay with the group we have already uh egressed from this location um what what's wrong she wipes her nose and she says I'm so, I'm sorry, Miss Mr. Thacker. I uh I I, uh, I lost track of time. I thought I didn't I I didn't want to be. My classmates have made it very clear that they don't favor my company, and so I I, I thought I could just stay and you know, take a couple more drawings. But I I think that's out of the question too. And she, you know, keeps trying to to wring out her her ruined sketchbook. I understand. I'm not real crazy about people either. I'm not a big fan of the human race, but you you can't stay out here, especially in these conditions, all by yourself. Believe it or not, even though it is spring, it gets cold out here at night, and uh, you know you're kind of my responsibility. So, uh, can, can I? Wait a minute. Let me, let me see what you do. 
Uh, she hands you the the sketchbook. Uh, some of the like pages closer to the front are a little bit drier. This thing was obviously thrown into the creek by some uh, some bully types, uh, and it's not a very deep creek, so parts of it are unaffected. And you see just these like gorgeous drawings of of uh, of wildflowers and of trees and. Uh, you see a few birds, and the birds have their scientific names written under them, uh, and you you just see all of this very, very detailed uh, sort of uh, cataloging of, of the Monongahela's natural treasures. And you're telling me that your friends threw this in the water? Young lady, you have talent. This is... A- this is really nice stuff. This is really good. And how do you how do you know the names? How do you know uh, all the, the the technical terms for for these birds and uh, fauna and such? Uh, she is she is fully recovered now. She's smiling actually now that you've complimented her work. And she says, "Well, some of my classmates are into you know watching watching basketball, and some of my classmates are into new kids on the block. But I'm I just." I look around here in Kepler and I realize just how good we've got it. And I don't understand why everybody else doesn't know the names of these birds and these, these plants. They're, they're, they're not ours, but they kind of are for the time being. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Listen, I love it out here. I spend more time out here than I do in that big city of Kepler. That's, that's for dang sure. Well, listen, let me tell you something. If you, if you would just Pack up your stuff and come back with me. I'll get you back to your group, and uh, you know what? We'll we'll I'll make a point to make sure that uh, people know not to bother you quite as much anymore. I can't make any promises, but you know, anytime you want to come out here, you are more than welcome. And and I'll give you the friends and family rate. <laughs> she laughs and packs up her bag and starts to walk back toward the buses, and then she turns and she says, "Mr. Thacker, if you, if you don't mind, how did you how did you get?" This job? How did you get to do you know something like like this? Because it, it 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 honestly it seems like a dream job. Well, it is kind of my my dream. It's been kind of a rough dream lately. Um, you know, I just always loved it out here. I love the I love the caving. I love the the, the water. I love white water. Uh, when I was a kid, my my family brought me up here, and uh, we vacationed up here a lot. And I just said, you know what, I. I'd like to be one with the land and give people a chance to discover it the way I discovered it. So, uh, you know, and, and listen, people think outer space is, you know, wild and unexplored, and they think the bottom of the sea is this great big mystery. I'm telling you, there's stuff in these woods, in these mountains and stuff that would boggle your mind. There is so much out here people don't even know. It, it, some of it's wild and wonderful, as we say, but... Some of it's wild and weird, that's for sure. She uh, grins and she says, "I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna find all of it." Thank Thank you, Mister Thacker. And she turns and uh, she walks back toward the buses, and and you hear the you know the fallen foliage crunching beneath her feet as she walks away, and then you hear that same sound behind you, and you turn and. Your life changes. The entity standing before you is not human. It's not animal. Its body is lean, uh, almost shriveled, and it's covered in these glistening, sharp scales and patches of filthy white fur. And its face is is primal and gaunt, and it's it's locked in this unearthly, open grin. 
and it takes a step toward you and also toward the children just beyond you, just out of eyesight through the forest. What do you do? Uh, well, uh, Thacker carries a, a machete axe, a, a brush axe that he uses to, to clear the brush. 29 inches of pretty dangerous stuff, so he, uh, <laughs> he takes that loose off his, off his belt, takes it out of the sheath because he knows he'd cut his leg off. Because in a way he's a little bit like me, uh, unsheaths it and and says, uh, "Hold on there, friend, uh, sport. You uh, just kind of hold on. Uh, what uh, what the hell are you?" Uh, you hear panting, wild panting coming from inside this thing, and you hear almost just this this musical breathing, just this these dark. Uh, haunting tones coming from inside of it and it opens its jaw almost like it's unhinged it fully and it takes another step toward you and now is you can feel its its breath uh on you he's going to take a tentative step back but he's uh, he's also kind of waving this machete axe around in a what he hopes is a menacing way he doesn't know if this is an animal he doesn't know you know what the hell it is but he's hoping maybe he can intimidate it a little bit and maybe scare it off with uh, with a little fancy machete work. Okay, you are doing some sick machete stunts uh, and trying to show this thing that you mean business, and you hear this wet thunk, and its eyes go wide, and just this 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 breathing just stops. And it is standing perfectly still, and then you hear a second thunk, and then it just goes limp, and it falls down into the creek. And standing there, behind this creature, holding a woodsman's axe, is Madeline Cobb. And she says, Well, Thacker, uh... Is there any chance I could convince you that that was a, a feral boar or something? Hmm, I don't think so, Madeline. I, um, I'm pretty sure I've never seen a boar that looked quite like that, like it had little mirrors all over it. Um, I'm assuming this is something uh, out of my area of expertise, but not out of your area of expertise. Yeah. Thacker? Let's talk. Now it's 2013, and you have just finished packing up your your big hiking pack, your biggest hiking pack. I assume you have several large ones. This one is, is for when shit hits the fan. Uh, for the most ambitious expedition you've ever embarked on. The last few hunts have been costly. For the first time in your abomination fighting career, you and Mama have felt the weight of your responsibility. And also for the first time, you've come to understand that weight is too much. And so you have packed your bag and you are leaving for Sylvain in the morning you will cross beyond the border of the capital city there and seek out the source of the monsters that are spilling into your world. How does Arlo Thacker prepare for this journey? Um, actually, I think what he 
what he has in the pack, I mean, he's got the machete that he brings. He's got this hiking staff, which he's done a few little improvements to. Um, I, you know, he's not going to be a big tent bedroll kind of guy. I mean, he loves outdoors. I think he has brought along a journal. I don't know, binoculars, just stuff for some, observing. Got some, you got some gorp? Got a big old bag of gorp. He makes his own gorp. Uh, he makes it out of pretzels and peanut butter candy and pepperonis. <laughs> got a little, little tiny. Oh, my God. Yeah. Arlo. Doesn't that sound good? Little pepperonis? No, it sounds like a nightmare. I love oh. that you live off the land except for your gorp, which is the most synthetic nightmare food yeah, I don't I've think ever he, heard. I don't think he's like a hunter kind of stuff. I, I think he'll sure. just fend for himself off the, off the land. I think if he's bringing anything in his pack, he's bringing a lot of water. You know, okay. just just in case, and a water purification kit, um, probably some binoculars, um, and you know, maybe, maybe that that's about it. Uh, you know, change of clothes, maybe. Sure, I don't think that's high on his priorities, so. <laughs> though. Okay, you have all that packed up, and uh, it's the night before. And where where are you at? Does Capex have like a uh, like a, a a building somewhere? Or do you operate this out of where? Where, where does Capex operate out? Capex has a a bivouac. Um, it's an old uh, military like a Quonset hut. You know those those big sure. uh, semi permanent things. You know he has plans to build a permanent facility, but you know business hadn't been all that great, and especially business hasn't been all that great since he has been spending so much time with the mama and the amnesty lodge people doing all this hunting and stuff. The, right. The business is kind of, I hadn't closed down or anything, but it, it sure hasn't been thriving without his, you know, personal attention all the time. Right. Okay. It's the, it's the night before and you are in, in your bivouac and you've just finished packing and you hear the, I don't know, man, flap. Is there a flap? Is there a door? No, it'll be a door. Okay. You yeah. hear the door. Uh, open. I guess I don't know what a bivouac is. You hear the door open. They, they, and- Quonset hut. You know what a Quonset hut is? It's, it's no. Why do you think that I don't know what bivouac is? But I would definitely know what Quonset <laughs> hut is. Uh, I'm just going to assume it's a it's a building. And uh, it's like mama- it's like a, if you cut a cylinder in half. Oh sure. Oh sure. It looks like a folks at home. It basically kind of looks like an airplane hangar. Yeah, but with a door on it. Okay, I'm I'm with you. I got you now. Uh, okay. You hear the door into Kepak's open and close. The, you have the close to sign on the door, so you can only assume it's, it's mama coming in. She's the only one who would have this sort of familiarity with you to just like barge into your business while it's closed. And did you, did you tell mama that you were doing this? No, I don't think so. I, he's, listen, he is not much of a joiner. I mean, he works with them. But I, it's almost like he's a lone wolf. He's very independent, and you know, I think he checks in. But since you know, since he is kind of a self-appointed archivist, he he's you know he feels it more important to keep track of all this information. But he's got to get out there and find the information. Doesn't want to waste time sitting around talking to a bunch of people about it. So I think yeah, he sure. just kind of jumps in. Uh, okay, Mama sees your 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 packed up bag and she sighs and then she looks at you and she says yeah i guess uh 
I guess someone's got to do it. You sure you don't want to draw straws or something? Ah. <laughs> I do not believe that the people we associate with have the expertise to be able to do what I'm about to do. And you know that I'm the best one to find out about it. Yeah, you um, you make it a point to not let us forget that, that particular fact, Arlo. Uh, all right. Ah, damn it. Arlo, I, I realize we're, you know, both getting up there in age, so maybe there's a kind of weird thing to say out loud, but, uh, uh, you're my best friend, Arlo, and if, if you do not come back, I am coming in after you, you hear me? I, I'm having trouble believing that. I'm your best friend? Seriously? She laughs too and she says, I guess that says uh, more about me than it does about you, Thacker. I think it says a lot about both of us, Madeline. <laughs> I, I do, do believe. Look, listen, I trust me. I'm in and out. I will uh, insert myself into the situation and I'll be right back. And I'll tell, and I promise I will tell you everything I see. Well, since you promised. And she turns and opens the door and then. She stops and turns back to you one last time. She says, Arlo, there's there's one last thing. What's your password? And she gestures to your old ass laptop sitting on your desk. It's been nearly six years now, and... You have spent most of that time just desperately lost in the blighted lands beyond the city's walls. Uh, your supplies lasted longer than you expected, but after several months, you had to start foraging. You found yourself uh, wildly unprepared to do so, given your lack of knowledge about Sylvain's edible flora and fauna. Uh, so instead, you turned to the ruins of just these various uh, uh, cities and civilizations that you discovered during your, your trek. You found these small outposts and cozy villages. You even found a city that like rivals the scope of the capital in size. Uh, all just completely desolate, long since abandoned once the Quell took it over. Uh, and these places, they were the most dangerous that you visited on your expedition. You had to, you know, play it stealthy to avoid detection by the the beings who were, you know, driven feral by the uh, by by the quell. But uh, by far, they were the most rewarding, and you sort of subsisted on the supplies you found. Um, and after the first week, you put some distance between you and the capital, and those those roaming herds of blighted sylvans grew uh, less and less frequent. Uh, so, I mean, you definitely still had to sneak around, but you were able to, you know, uh, make shelter where you could catch your breath unassailed for, you know, decent stretches of time. And you scoured the countryside looking for any signs of the monsters that have been plaguing Kepler for so long. So has he been lost or has this quest just taken a hell of a lot longer than he thought it was going to take? You've been lost for a while. And unfortunately, after years of searching you are no closer to finding the source of the abominations. What you have learned a great deal about, however, is the quell. So I want you to roll to investigate a mystery. And uh, Arlo is, or Thacker is a, um, we're using a new playbook for him. Right? Searcher. He's, he is a searcher. Right. The uh, the, the, the fine folks uh, behind 
uh, Monster of the Week are releasing an expansion for it uh, called... It's called Tome of Mysteries. Yes, and it's there's got, some really cool yeah, shit in yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> so it's got four new hunter classes, some really cool stuff you can do with luck, and, and, and it really kind of focuses in on weird... Yes, and, and some abilities with weird, and so uh, it's got know. some X Files flavor to it, which I'm also super yeah. into. Uh, it, and you are playing the Searcher, yeah, the Searcher. Um, it's uh, I don't know how. It's just somebody who's out there searching for the these mysteries, searching for the cryptids, uh, trying to to learn what they can about them, kind of compiling knowledge on them. That just seemed right. kind of it's a natural. It's perfect for Thacker, yeah. And there's also a sort of supernatural element to it, which uh, is going to make sense for Thacker here in just a moment. Uh, so roll to investigate a mystery for me. Okay, so he rolls Holy an 11 shit. plus 2, because he's a plus 2 sharp, so that's a 13. That is amazing. I'm liking this way this guy rolls. Yeah. Literally. Uh, you get to hold two questions. You hold two and you get to ask two questions from this list. I'm going to say because you got a 13 on that roll, uh, you because we haven't really worked out like get, catching Thacker up on advancement with the other two characters, uh, go ahead and take a third question as well. And this will represent sort of the things that you have learned about the Quell. Okay, so of those questions, investigate a mystery. And, and where exactly is he? Tell me again. I think in answering these questions, we're going to bounce around. We're going to bounce around, you know, the time of your six-year expedition and uh, the the places that you have wondered and visited and seen. And I think we're just going to show, like, flashes of it to answer answer these questions. Those questions are, by the way, what happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? And what is being concealed here? Okay. Um, I think... I think start off what happened here. Sure. Um, so from the surface, like if, if you were an inhabitant of this world, uh, you would have seen the following. The, the quell uh, just started to seep upward through these, these fissures in the ground uh, several decades after the, uh, the crystal in the capital city, the heart of Sylvain, was shattered by those human invaders. Um, and it looks like it, it, it looks... It looked like a storm that was happening on the ground. And at first, it was a very, very weak phenomenon. It was, uh, you know, it was something that was weird. And people would, you know, check it out. And and, and it was a topic of, dis- of conversation, but not necessarily a big threat. But uh, it grew. The fissures themselves started to grow. More fissures started to appear all around the planet. And this this living storm uh, continued to sort of just, uh, you know, boil boil over and grow out of it. And any Sylvan who came too close to these these fishers who uh, got you know caught up in this this living storm, they would just lose their 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 faculties completely and become just extremely aggressive. And it kept growing, and now the only place that is safe is. Uh, the the capital city where people can take shelter around the the crystal and the last remnants of Sylvain's light, which is keeping this this storm at bay. That is what has happened here from sort of the the surface perspective. All right, what is being concealed here? What is being concealed here is the true nature of the quell. 
Uh, to put it in sort of simple terms, this stuff that is is coming out and surrounding the city and is making people enraged, it is the symptom. It is not the sort of like disease itself. It is the effect that the quell is spreading, not necessarily uh, what the quell is. Um, what is being concealed here is is what the quell is, and I think you discover what that is uh, from... Uh, some books. Uh, you find a library in one of these abandoned cities. This great, just tremendous library, and uh, you you find a tome that you can read, and it explains what the quell is. It is what Sylvain is essentially. It's an entity that is intrinsically linked with the planet uh, that it it dwells within. Um, although you know. Despite the devastation that it's kind of currently sowing across the planet, it was never like vilified in the texts that you discovered. It's just like a force of nature. It's just like gravity uh, where Sylvain created life. The quell was, you know, entropy itself. It was, a, you know, a necessary balancing force. Uh, Sylvain existed to nourish and protect the people who lived on the planet's surface. The quell existed to protect Sylvain. Um, that is... That is what the thing is. That is what the quell is. Where did it go? The day that you find the answer to that question is the last day in Sylvain that you can remember. Um, you were tired. You, you know, you've been more lost than you have been willing to admit to yourself, but... After such a long time, you finally pick up on your old trail back to the capital and back to the archway home, and your excitement clouds your usually razor-sharp, you know, cautious hiking perception, and uh, you lose your footing while you're navigating a particularly uh, large fissure that you found not too far from the capital, and you fall, and you've fallen before. Uh, in, in your line of work, it's not so uncommon, and you know what kind of scrapes and bruises and... Yeah, I could um, always get up. I got yeah, you. but you you realize that you are falling much farther than you ever have before, and as fear grips you, you feel this cool, damp cloud overtake you, and you lose consciousness. And then you just have these glimpses of lucidity interwoven with, with profound, vivid dreams. You're experiencing uh, memories and emotions that aren't your own. You feel first this intense, unwavering love for Sylvain, for the planet, for the entity, all of it. Uh, you remember being in her presence at the center of everything. You remember marveling at her works, uh, so much so that you mourned your role in keeping those works in check. Um, but she never harbored any spite for you. And then one day, Sylvain answered her inhabitants' call, and she retreated to the surface, and you never saw her again. And you waited for so long, and she never returned, and... Once you learned what happened, once you learned who had taken her, your hesitation to destroy her works vanished. And so you began carrying out the grim task of eradicating life from the surface of the planet, uh, making way for something new. And then, once that is finished, you're going to find the ones who took her from you and eradicate them too. And then you, Thacker, 
you are conscious again and you are weightless. You're floating in this enormous spherical chamber deep, deep, deep underground. Uh, and you are being whipped around the room. You're caught in just this whirlwind storm emanating from the center of the room. And right there at the center, you see a bright red sphere. And it's standing perfectly still, perfectly static. And you feel the quell's anger just become stronger and stronger until it completely overtakes you. And then a large furry paw scoops you out from the storm and pulls you through the earth, and that's the last thing you remember. Hey everybody, this is Griffin McRoy, your dungeon master, your best friend, and your pilot for this evening. Please keep your arms and hands and legs inside the airplane. I shouldn't need to tell you that. Thank you for listening to episode 30 of the Adventure Zone Amnesty. We have just begun our final arc. Uh, Very, very excited to get to it. Uh, The rest of the episode is not just a a Clint and Griffin affair, but we needed to sort of do some some backstory stuff on old Arlo Thacker. Uh, So yeah, we're we're getting to the end of it. We're very, very excited uh, to see where the story ends up. I really have no idea. And uh, to, you know, talk about what we're planning on doing next. So uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's it for this pre-roll let's talk about the sponsors hello it's me the internet's travis mackroy yes that's right powerful influencer travis mackroy you know people are always asking me travis how did you become such a powerful influencer in the world well i'll let you in on my secret it's squarespace Yes, that's right. Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, content you create, or even your time. What? What influencer doesn't do that? I ask you. I'll wait. That's right. None of them. They all do that, and you can do it with Squarespace. Okay, here's uh, just as an aside, you can also use Squarespace even if you're uh, not an influencer, um, and even if the idea of being an influencer uh, makes you throw up a little bit in your mouth, don't worry, Squarespace is still useful. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. Start with the best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. With Squarespace scheduling, clients can quickly view your availability and book their own reservations, appointments, or classes, and you can sell products on an online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools for you. So go to squarespace.com adventure for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code ADVENTURE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have an aura frame here at our house, and we primarily use it to show pictures of our kids and the fun stuff that we do. And my favorite thing about it is that it's so easy to upload pictures on that as soon as they get home from doing something fun, we just immediately put the pictures up there so we don't forget to do it. You know, because I, I've tried, we try to do picture frames and stuff in the past, and then we never remember to put them on. But with Aura, it's so easy to load it up that it has become kind of a, a digital scrapbook more than anything else. So if you have been looking to get the pictures that are trapped in your phone 
and set them free in a way that other people can see them, might I recommend Aura Frames. They're stylish, they're easy to use, you're gonna love it. And it was named the number one digital picture frame by Wirecutter, and for a good reason. It's so easy to set up, and they have different frame options, all kinds. And the best part is it comes with unlimited storage. So, right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frames with code ADVENTURE. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com, promo code ADVENTURE. Terms and conditions apply. Chicago, we're coming to you. We're coming for you. We're coming at you. And we're also coming to C2E2, and we're doing live shows, all a bunch of stuff in April. April 24th, we're going to be doing My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is nearly sold out, and Taz, which is selling out fast. So do not wait. April 25th is Taz. April 24th is My Brother, My Brother and Me. April 26th through the 28th, we're doing C2E2, schedule to be announced. You can get your C2E2 badges now, but you do not need a badge to attend the live shows. Tickets for those shows are on sale at bit.ly slash Tours. All the information is there. Go check it out. Also, we've got a newsletter in case you've been wondering what's the best way to keep up with our new tour dates and announcements and stuff like that. Go to bit.ly slash newsletter. And of course, check out all the merch over at macroymerch.com. A lot of great stuff. Fungalore sticker pack, um, naming of the year poster. Uh, we've got the little sailor man pin and 10% of all proceeds this month go to the foundation for black women's wellness. So go check it out. Macroymerch.com. And now back to the show. Thank you to uh, everybody who's been tweeting about the show using the, the Zonecast hashtag. We're in the end game now, as the Avengers might say, and so I doubt that we'll have any new characters uh, added to the show uh, until we you know, move on to whatever's next. Who knows? Um, but thank you so much for spreading the word anyway. People have been very, very supportive of us, especially now as we sort of enter the, 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 the midnight hour here with Amnesty. And gosh, we, we sure do appreciate you. We also appreciate Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great stuff there. Shows like can I pet your dog and beef and dairy network and stop podcasting yourself and a bunch more at maximumfun.org. We've got other stuff at McElroy.family and that's it. I'm going to let you get back to the rest of the episode now. Thank you so much for listening. Next one's going to be up in uh, two weeks. That's going to be on, oh no, it's next month, which means I have to look at Google calendar because I can't do the math like that in my head, but it is going to be July 11th. So we'll talk to you then. Bye. I mean, go ahead and drag me, because I know it's gonna happen. I know it's gonna happen, and I know that we won't be able to do any more role playing until you drag me for my map. Okay, so cool. Thank drag you. me, drag me for my map, and then we can move on with the story that everybody's so excited to get to. Okay, but here's the thing: the map. So, in the Halcyon days of um, uh, commitment, we used to mock Dad for his absolutely and rightly so. Let me say, I'm not. I'm not trying to rewrite history here. They were buck wild maps that he would create with <laughs> strange clip art iconography. The, the ramblings of uh, a, mad, a madman. Yeah, it, Dad's maps looked like the map equivalent of like when a detective finds like a serial killer's <laughs> layer. Yes, and there's just clippings everywhere. An evidence dungeon. Yeah. What Griffin has done here. I took the good he, map. It was a good map. It was a good a map. good a good map. And I guess because of the unfortunate mountain incident, um, the he has just put a what looks to be a big turd. Yeah, a big bloody a, turd. Just a large turd onto it, the map. It looks like he let his son Henry 
play in paint <laughs> while, oh, oops, I had the map JPEG open. Yeah, but and if then you look I accidentally down the, saved it. If you look down the very bottom corner of it, that almost looks like a demonic face. So I think maybe we might be glossing over just a little bit too much. No, it is absolutely mind-bogglingly uh, poorly constructed. It looks like a buster sword-shaped smear of raspberry jam um, across the whole landscape. Um, and, I appreciate Griffin, your effort, Griffin. Griffin, how long did it take you to do this? Uh, about 11 seconds. Oh, wait. <laughs> He's updating it, He's as updating I can it see. I'll color it. I'll make it, it in real time. I'll make a different color if you guys hate it oh. so much. I didn't get a screen cap of it though. I loved it. Well, now you can. Now you never will. So eat my fucking shorts. Leave it I like that. Leave it like that. It looks like fire. No, now it looks like bacon. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like bacon. It looks okay, like a big just, bacon. Okay, I got a screen cap. You can do whatever you want now. It's not going to change anything. Okay, oh, whatever. This, bacon. this is the trail of destruction that the that the um, the mountaintop of Mount Kepler created as it sort of fell down through. Through Kepler, you can see it has destroyed the uh, road that connects the riverside and topside, uh, and now tramway is the 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 um, the funicular train is the only way to uh, get get up there reliably. Although I suppose you could also just go for a very very long hike uh, through the Monongahela Forest because you know there's a back of the town as well. Um, so let's do, I mean, we got some housekeeping other than my bad map that we should probably get to. We've been sort of just like rolling with it for a while and haven't sort of uh, talked about game shit for a bit. We talked about Thacker and his, uh, the, the uh, oh, what is Monster of the Week? Call them Playbook, the playbook he uses. Searcher. Searcher. Uh, He's Justin, the searcher. Justin Travis, this is a new playbook from the uh, expansion for the game. Uh, where he is basically like a detective, but he has supernatural powers, which uh, come from the uh, his his sort of possession. What's the name of the expansion? We owe them the plug. Yes. It's called Tome of Mysteries. And let me read you his quote. There's still so much to be discovered and explained even now. Perhaps only one event in a thousand is true weirdness, but I'll investigate them all to find it. And I will tell you something about Thacker. Fun fact that you guys don't know. He rolls a hell of a lot. Holy better shit! Than he's got did. the fucking oh, hot hand. Uh, so we got we got that. He's a searcher. He has some supernatural, you know, uh, f- sniffing out psychic. Weird I think stuff. psychic is better. Psychic sure. is not not necessarily supernatural. I would argue that psychic abilities are yeah, so, not exactly natural, but to each their own. Um, duck, you yeah. you obviously you, you've got. Some juice back, right? From yes, from being uh, now like having this actual, you know, tangible uh, closeness with Minerva. We didn't really talk about what that means for your playbook. You were mundane after losing your powers. What do you want? I'll leave this up to you, right? Like, I want you to play whatever playbook you want to play. If you want to play a, you know, strong mundane or a somewhat mundane. No, I feel like he's back. He's back. He's got his abilities. Uh, his skills. Okay. Uh, his combat skills. Um, I, uh, but in leveling up, I, I, I think I will take, if you're cool with it, I think I will take a, um, 
a move from the mundane character sheet rather than oh that's great yeah from the chosen character sheet you can do that that is a that's a rule in the game he's not just fudging it uh that's yeah yeah, that's cool yeah because we Uh, never fudged it before god forbid that we break um, any of the rules uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna keep panic button i think (laughs) um you need to escape name the route you'll try and roll plus sharp just making escaping. He remembers what it's like to be mortal again. And that is stuck with him. Sure. <laughs> the fear is not, is not completely subsided. So, okay, cool. And uh, for the record, I love the mundane playbook. Oh, I it's think so it's awesome. great. It's so great. Honestly, like, uh, you know, now that we're nearing the end game here, we, we, uh, didn't, because we were doing these mini arcs, right. And we wanted to like get through it. There's so much cool shit in monster of the week that we just never even will get to. The other playbooks are cool. You can be a fucking angel if you want to. Not like Angel from Angel, but, you know, a celestial winged. You could probably be Angel from Angel if you rolled it right. Almost certainly, yeah. I mean, you can be a vampire. You could be... Before we found this playbook, actually, for Dad, the searcher, there is a um, a monstrous playbook where you can be, like, you know, part ghost or part werewolf or whatever. You kind of create we all part own... ghost when you think about it, Griffin? Okay, thank you. Oh, that's beautiful, Trav. Uh, hey, you. by the way, Trav, one of the new, uh, hundred, uh, one of the new playbooks... In this Tome of Mysteries is the gumshoe. Oh, that's yes. cool. Kind of like a Dresden. magic detective. Yeah. yeah. Magic, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, and Aubrey, just a reminder. I mean, you've, you, I don't know if you have any leveling up to do, if you've got any hot new hot new stuff. We've kind of been doing that stuff on the fly now as we yeah, go. Yeah, no, I think I, I just leveled up near the end of that where I picked up lightning, so I think I'm right, okay. Sure. Uh, just a reminder, you still have a minus one penalty on going yes. to... All of your uh, weird, weird magic rolls. Um, well, I think we should establish the most important thing, which is now that uh, we have lost access to Amnesty Lodge. Um, I think Aubrey has been sleeping on Duck's couch. I mean, that's up to y'all. I, I that's the question, right? Like, things have changed. We know some things about the world. We talked about some of them in our, you know, little little skits that we did <laughs> in the rap roundup <laughs> episode. <laughs> Um, here are just like some truths about the world now post, uh, post collapse, which I think is the, the shorthand for what happened to Mount Kepler. And then I, I want to know like how you all have been spending, how you all have been reacting to that for the last two months, two months have passed since the collapse. Um, so the mountain fell, you can see the uh, path of destruction. Um, shortly after that happened, the Department of Unexplained Phenomena with the FBI has, uh, has arrived in town and basically Topside has been cordoned off from all residents. There are also roadblocks on the highway out of Kepler to the, uh, to the west and the east of town that is keeping all non-residents out of town just entirely. Um, another thing, Mama was taken into custody shortly after the FBI arrived and she has not, uh, returned since. Uh, Amnesty Lodge was evacuated uh, lightning fast before the FBI could investigate it. All your gear, as well as the residents of the lodge, have uh, been moved elsewhere. Uh, And now the residents, because you remember they kind of sustained themselves with the waters of the hot spring, now they get that that stuff from H2O that was fun. You all are constantly running, you know, smuggling them up to this water park to get them topped off and then bringing them back into town. Uh, Aubrey and Janelle work together to uh, purge Thacker of the Quell's influence, and uh, yeah, it's been two months since the last abomination arrived, and something is coming. So those are sort of some facts about about Kepler post collapse. 
what what what's been going on for y'all uh, in in the last two months? I don't know necessarily that we will have as much to talk about with Arlo because he sort of just snapped out of it. But Aubrey and Duck, what are you? How have you been spending this time? Um, I like the idea that she would be crashing with Duck because Minerva is also crashing with Duck. <laughs> so it's like it's a pretty <laughs> Take a knock on our floor. I know, right? It's like gotten to be a very uh, very crowded apartment um i think i think let's just set it up that the whole apartment complex right leo is your neighbor he's not just going to leave everybody out on uh you know leave everybody hanging hanging out to dry so i think that uh jake and danny and uh moira are living with uh living with him and it is also a similarly sitcommy crowded situation. Let's also say that Barclay is living with oh god, what was her name? I wrote it down just in case. It, Mrs. Pearson, uh, who uh, is also one of your neighbors. You dropped that name in like episode four, and I wrote yes. it down. Uh, uh, yeah, she didn't get to be a well constructed Tarkisian style yet. character. Uh, yes, she she took in Barclay, who is uh, in the same way that he. Uh, helped out, uh, you know, Mama around Amnesty Lodge is sort of acting as a uh, sort of assisted living. I think you said Mrs. Pearson is up there in years, and so yes, she, Barclay she's is, an older older lady. Barclay's living with her and helping. So you all, you know, the he's entire, having some Tuesdays with Miss Pearson. Exactly. So <laughs> the Amnesty Lodge sort of uh, situation has moved entirely into the complex, the apartment complex that you and Leo live in. Uh, yeah, we talked about this a little bit beforehand. I think that without Amnesty there and just the way that it's been going, I think that there's probably a shared kind of like between the Hornet's Nest, uh, Duck's apartment complex, and the Cryptonomica. It's probably now like, those are probably kind of the three HQs, I would say. Because uh, one of the things you talked about is like, how, how, how have things been going, you know, for... Like as far as with the Hornets and the Amnesty Lodge people and just the regular residents, and I, I'm okay. I'm okay with those conversations having not happened. Oh, okay. Yet. I'm I'm okay with the um you know the the great skits that we did in the last episode being mm-hmm. in the middle of this finale arc, if that makes sense. Because I think we yeah. need to. He- I I would love to hear you all. You know assembling the troops or making peace however you want to describe it right i cool. think that i think that we would be doing ourselves a disservice to just leap right over that also worth noting hey look at the map y'all made fun of me what's missing the hornet's, hornet's nest, nest was completely destroyed by the mountaintop it was directly in the path of it uh nobody was you know all the hornets were out and about looking for monsters and shit so sorry uh, i meant dave's humidifier depot <laughs> <laughs> Um, also worth noting, the hornet's nest, you know, is gone. The mountaintop landed right in the Greenbrier River, and has created basically a new a new fork in the, in in the river. Uh, I, looking at the map, also it occurs to me. I wanted to mention. I was listening to the recap episode before we started. The great shame that we never revisited um, the uh, Daryl's uh, bait and CrossFit. The combination oh, bait shit. store and CrossFit uh, gym. Put it on the that, map. It, yeah, put it on the map. Yeah, okay, no. where's it at, Juice? Tell me where. Um, it's next to City Hall. <laughs> <laughs> of okay, course, there it is. There Whenever it is. City Hall is being renovated, then Daryl's bait and CrossFit is used as temporary offices. Spell Daryl. Is it two A's? D A R R R Y L L L. Three L's. <laughs> 
The second My name is Daryl, and I'm from Indiana. Is he the mayor? <laughs> is that why? He's the mayor. <laughs> Daryl from Indiana. Daryl from Indiana. His bait and crossfit story built it right next to City Hall, so the commute would be good. Uh, okay. <laughs> And, of course, he lives in his place of business because that's how everybody lives in Kepler, we've established. It just makes it sense. It just makes sense. Okay. Um, Why wouldn't you live there? You already own it. Right. Hey, dummy, it's a building. It's a building. Why don't more people do that? Uh, okay. So, uh, is there anything else that we need to set up? I mean, you haven't heard from Mama. She... she is as far as you know under FBI custody, but we um, know where she went. It's not you like know, she, you it's know not where she is, time. right? You, it, some of you were probably there when she was uh, arrested. Almost all of you have certainly been questioned at some point, and uh, not you know permanently detained in the way that Mama was. Um, what what else has happened? Uh, you were also there when Pigeon was detained. Uh, she was ar- arrested, sort of on on the spot by. Uh, after things calmed down a little bit by uh, by the sheriff, uh, who and why was she arrested uh, for k- shooting le- for shooting Ned Chicane? Oh wait, yeah, so remember that's Ned Chicane? That's uh, illegal now sh- to shoot a fictional character. Yeah, that's not good. And so she is in, uh, you know, she's being held at the sheriff's station. And the way that the FBI has sort of locked the the town down, uh, she has not been, you know, uh, extradited to the the. Uh, you know, Pocahontas County prison, uh, because as far as they are concerned, as far as the FBI are concerned, she was there when shit popped off. And so they don't want her going too far. So she's been having an an extended stay at the sheriff's station. So Um, when, when the episode we are recording now begins, yes, it is two months. How long has it been? Two months months. from the collapse. uh, And Thacker is just now, I think like, I think where we are hopping in is Thacker has just been resuscitated and um, has, I think, probably done some light briefing on, he was gone for six years, he probably has a lot to say, uh, but has done some some catching up of the Pine Guard crew. Before has he get, also gone to the restroom? Yes, he did. Thank you, Travis. Okay. Um, before we get to sort of the ramifications of that, Duck, I need you to roll to see your destiny. Now, before you do it, have you ever rolled anything good? No, it has never happened. It has always been a very, very bad vision that has spelled disaster <laughs> for the world. These are the these are some of the most important roles you make. Each one's been a complete fucking beefer. So let's see how this final. Yeah, that's a six. It's a six plus that's weird six. plus weird uh, minus one. It's five. <laughs> Use your luck weird point. Indeed. Use your luck point. Oh my god, Justin! I was ready. Okay, to you know give, what? I, I will. I will use a world. Luck. I'm going to give, I, I, you know what? I, we've only got one more arc of this. I got three luck points This is left. the last one of these you're going to make. Yes. I'm just going to use a luck point. I'm just going to have one fucking rosy dream. <laughs> you have, before, you have before. a terrible fucking dream, and then you have a second dream after it. And? I wake up, and I'm like, I got to piss. Uh, and, then I, and then I go fall back asleep and have a better, cooler better dream. dream. The first one, teeth falling out. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the second one unnerving not supernatural just unnerving uh okay you naturally get a 12 which i think is an 11 because of your your special proclivities uh or no it's just automatically like a great great success 
And so you have a dream. I think the night after, uh, uh, maybe even the night of, of Thacker's resurrection, you have a, a dream and you are an old, old hand at this and you know instantly that there is something special about this dream. It is one of your visions. And Duck, you see, you see the top side of town. As it stands right now, you have this bird's eye view of it. And you actually see in detail uh, how the FBI have occupied it. Uh, you see, you know, you see where guards are stationed. You see the fence perimeter. Uh, you see uh, some sensors scattered around uh, Amnesty Lodge. And um, then you see this rigid, uh, brightly lit canvas structure that they have uh, built up around the archway in the woods. And then you're inside of that structure and you see a bunch of agents. You see uh, a bunch of folks in, in lab coats and, uh, you know, biohazard suits. Uh, and you see these machines that are all positioned around the archway and monitoring activity around it. And you see, uh, you see through a window, you see Agent Stern, and he's arguing with with another agent uh, in this adjacent room. And then you sort of zoom in on him, and you see Stern's watch, and it is nine thirty-five p.m. And then you're back outside, and this makeshift canvas installation just explodes. It just pops like a balloon as this raging storm springs out of it in every direction. And uh, this storm is pouring in a thick column out of the archway and it's just covering topside and then it spills down the cliff under, under Riverside and it blankets the whole town in seconds and then it spreads down the river and around the forest and then the state. And then you hear a scream and these red vein-like things shoot out of the archway and they split and multiply and they follow the path of the storm just annihilating everything that they touch and then it's gone and you see your own watch and it's 9:31 and you're nervous just for a moment until you see your friends standing at your side and they're ready for action um and from your position you're on top side you see these these big groups of folks down below Uh, And they are all ready for action, too. And then uh, Minerva nods, and she holds her blade aloft. And then a small rift opens in front of you, and then others all around town open. And the storms slowly emerge from them. And then you see the brilliant red heart of the quell. And you draw beacon. And then you wake up. Or did you? <laughs> Your teeth fall out. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> and you still have My to pee. I was in the ding-dang marshmallow. <laughs> uh, uh, when you wake up seconds later, uh, Minerva is in your room. Uh, and, you know, a minute after that, Leo is knocking on your door. And she says, Duck Newton? Was it the same for you? I had a teeth dream and then a separate dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a... Uh... Same thing. It was unnerving because it's like, I need to eat, right? But at the same time, there was a freedom to it because I love milkshakes. I, yes, I'm more uh, concerned about the vision of Kepler and the Earth being destroyed. Oh, yeah. I'm just so used to having bad dreams. I assume the first one was the real one. And the second one was a fanciful uh, firing of my neurosynapses. Hey, Doc. 
Yeah, Aubrey. Can I have the last waffle? They're not vegan. I'm not, Doc, I'm not a vegan. What's the difference again? I, I'm going to eat the waffle, okay? All right. So we should probably, um, you know, rendezvous with the, with the troops. Did you, have you tried the waffle? Yes. Did you try, have you tried waffles yet since you've been over? Um, no, I have not. Tell me, are they the divoted breads? Yeah, they're like a divoted breads that gives you lots of nooks and crannies for syrup and... Did you all just have that vision about the teeth and then the explosion? Leo, I hope you're not here for waffles because Aubrey's coughing the last one. I could split it. Leo, do you want to split it? Yeah, I guess better than nothing. (laughs) Leo, they're not vegan. Oh, damn it. You know me, I don't like to sup of the, the ovum of uh, my friend, friendly creatures. No more game. No more adventure. <laughs> it's just this. It's just this. Okay. Uh, where, where do you all, when you have sort of, you know, pine guard business, like where does that take place? Is it just like right here? In the apartment, I, or I mean, I imagine it's pretty tight quarters. You got the the four chosens, and uh, I imagine the uh, the the amnesty residents have a vested interest in this, so they are probably in in uh, they are probably present also. I, I say, like the idea of it being at the necron uh, yeah. at the cryptonomica. Oh, I really like that. Uh, okay, no. Okay, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I, I think the cryptonomica makes sense because like we could have everything set up there and sure. have like all like a table and shit and like real HQ stuff and have our equipment and stuff there. I also like the idea that um, Ned's little buddy, what's his name? Kirby. Kirby. Kirby like want, had big ideas for how he was going to make it super profitable and he's just like at a standstill because it is constantly occupied with adventure heroes. I think yeah, I think that uh also because no no human beings can come into Kepler, so his uh, his tourism uh diversion has been, you know, struggling. Well, and the and the people that are there I think have probably lost their appetite for the weird. Yes, <laughs> you know, Bigfoot, huh? Cool. Uh, Ooh, so spooky. I think also we have the Craves by Monica truck, so maybe somebody's using that. I don't know who, but maybe that's somebody's mobile unit. I think you have access to that. I don't yeah. see any reason why, uh, why it would be like in impound or something like that. Yeah. Uh, no, I and think that's what. Probably what you've been using to run people back and forth from H to O. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah. You all, uh, the next morning, show up to the uh, the Cryptonomica, and Kirby opens the shutter and he lets you in. uh, And he looks just he just looks so tired. He is not he has not been doing great since uh, Ned's passing. Uh, And he he lets you all in. He says. Does he know? Have you told him about everything? I think, I mean, he knows what he knows just from being a resident of Kepler. Everybody here knows that, uh, g- generally speaking, shit's pretty weird. Uh, yeah. But have you told him, have you filled him in on, like, the specifics? I would think we'd have to if we're meeting there. Otherwise, we'd have to, like, kick him out every time we met or, like, talking code or whatever. And that just seems exhausting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then he lets you in and he says... Well, if you're all here, this can't be this can't be great news. What's going on? Uh, you know, honestly, same. Like it I 
We have a dream to discuss. Apparently, we need to do some dream interpretation. Uh, need to see if we can figure out a way to get back through the gate. Uh, do some recon. Uh, let's see what else. Mama's still not here. That's uh, that's just kind of neutral news, I would say. All right, I'll put a, I'll uh, I'll put a pot on. He says, and he walks over to the RC cola machine and just starts. Just pounding quarters into it to get everybody some nice, refreshing RC colas as you all uh, gather around and uh, discuss things. So I, I think you all definitely have talked about what Thacker saw and what Thacker has has told you. And I think the dream, since you all all basically live together now, has been uh, shared. Uh, yeah, I think Thacker is definitely there at the crypt. just texted me. Thacker is, is definitely there, right? Aubrey and Janelle, who is also there. Uh, you know, revived you. I don't see any reason why they would keep you out of the loop now. You you yeah. possess information on this thing that, you know, they desperately wanted to know. And now they know it. All right. So here's what I'm thinking. I think that I'm going to start and let Duck try to sum up where we're at. If that makes sense. Sure. Oh, boy. <laughs> Does that make sense? I'd love to hear and, this. So I, and you can correct me okay. if, if I'm getting something wrong. Okay. All right. So here's how I understand it. <laughs> The there's a planet called Sylvain, and inside that planet there was a something called Sylvain, and it's kind of like good vibes and like life and creation, right? The spark of creation. You guys see Children of Eden, anyway. Oh, see, I was gonna uh, say like in uh, like Captain Planet. Mm, yeah, that's good too. Anyway, so uh, and also in there was the Quell, was like bad vibes and death, but like the two of them like you know, kept each other balanced, I guess. And then the they each had their own kind of home bases, right? So Sylvain had the crystal and the quell had something else. And the crystal shattered and sent, sent Sylvain out, I guess, yeah, out, out into the world. Janelle, do we... We don't know where she went, right? We don't know if she is even still alive, if such a thing can... You would call such a thing, you know, alive in the first place. It's possible that her spark, her energy has dissipated entirely. But then I wouldn't be able to do magic, right? Who's that? That's Chanel. We've met a couple times now, Duck Newton. You keep calling me Dumbledore, and it took me a while to figure <laughs> out why. I thought Travis said, do we know where Janelle is? And then, and but he was referencing Sylvain. Yes. Right. Okay, okay, not Janelle. We got a lot of characters in the room. Yes, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a big... And Griffin only has the three voices, so we got gotta... <laughs> uh, Okay, so... Uh, all right, so... Uh, so, anyway, the Quell's been kind of running roughshod without Sylvain to keep it in check. Is that fair? Yes, that would describe the current devastated state of my planet, yes. But, hey, sorry about the brevity, by the way. I'm sure that it's lacking some gravitas from your perspective. But, like, so Thacker saw sort of the heart of the quell, I guess. Is that fair? Does that seem right to everybody? That yeah. is apparently yeah. what I saw. And so we got, I guess, there's two basic options that I can see to keep everything from going sideways um first being we get sylvain back in the crystal and then reassemble the crystal that shattered into a bajillion pieces that seems uh unlikely 
The second is we find a way to get to the heart of the quell and fuck it up, but good. Does that seem to meet everyone's criteria of our current situation? Is that, is that everyone's understanding? Let me pose a question to you there, sport. What if, uh, what if getting rid of the quell makes things even worse the other way? I mean, they're, it's a, they kind of balance each other out. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear you, Arlo. I do. I, I feel like, though, unless we can get Sylvain back, and we don't really have any leads on that front, hell, if Janelle doesn't know, then what, what hope do we have of pulling that off? I feel like messing up the quills are our only real out here. I agree, enthusiastically. I mean, there is a third option, right? Like, just because Sylvain's not in the crystal, maybe Sylvain's just... Somewhere else, we maybe we don't need to put back together the crystal. We just need to find Sylvain. I mean, if you could give me just, I mean, a dimension. Oh no, that's you know, all I've just, got. Yeah, yeah, right. So let's just keep moving. I love that. Don't get me wrong, man. If we could find Sylvain and have them just like back inside the planet or whatever, that would go down real smooth by me. I don't, I don't hold out a lot of hope. Um, so. Assuming we are going to just beat the shit out of the Quell's home base, Arlo, what's the best you got on a on a location for that? Um well, I tell you what there, Prince, I can uh I can I can get you the Quell. Um I, I it's more like a feeling. It's I I'm kind of hooked up to them like through a like a mental tether, I guess you could say. But we're going to have to travel, you know, through the gate and go to the other side of Sylvain and and eventually I can find them. I can't put it down on a map for you or anything like that. It's just going to have to be something, you know, uh, mentalize. Uh, Janelle speaks up and she says, I must warn you at this point, the quell has almost certainly completely taken over Sylvain. If you know where it is and you can lead us to it, that is great. But the amount of resistance we will face from the quell as we seek out its heart will be will be tremendous. And I I don't know if y'all are up for it or not. I mean I mean I just met you. You may be very capable. Um but boy, I, it it will not be easy. I mean, it took me 6 years and ended I ended up in like it flying around in this room in a storm and it's it's confusing as shit. Point of order. It kind of sound like from the way you described y'all's dream the quell's gonna come to us. Uh, Janelle says, if that occurrence arrives, then it will already be too late. Your your wow. world is not prepared to house the quell in the way that ours is. It would spell immeasurable devastation for your planet. Uh, and Leo pipes up and Leo says, uh, I mean, I know y'all are worried about this uh, sentient storm or whatever. Uh, it sounds bad. It sounds real, real bad. Not gonna, not gonna undersell that. Let's not forget about the uh, you know, well-outfitted government agency that is also standing between us and the archway. We got our work cut out for us. It's not just gonna be like we can stroll right through that gate in the first place. That's that's gonna be up to somebody else. Once you get through the gate, I'll get you there. We'll take like a group of. Of, 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 uh, we'll do a fellowship, a fellowship of the quell, but, but, you know, getting past them people, that, that's, you, you fellas are going to have to handle that. Well, it seems to me that what we would need then is a distraction. And what we have 
is a pretty big gang that does like stunts and shit. <laughs> that seems like a pretty significant distraction. Uh, if we can get, you know, that government agency on their tail, like, uh, you know, like that one part in E.T., when they're all chasing the kids on the bikes and the bikes go flying through the air like oh, that. And that, that John Williams music. Can we can we get that like recorded or something? Play that back while we're doing it. Cause that'd be really cool. Yeah. I'll try to contact John Williams people and see if we can get the rights to it. Arlo. Um, but I think maybe if we can get a distract, the thing is it's going to be like a one shot deal. We won't be able to like come in and out of the gate like we used to. So it seems like we'd need to be ready whenever that happens. It seems like it might be a one-way trip. Oh, yeah. I, I guarantee you, you, you don't have to worry about the return trip because odds are we ain't going to be making one. Well, a regular ray of sunshine there. You know, it sucks. The thing I keep thinking about is getting past a group of government agents, you know? <laughs> It, there is one person who would have been perfect for that. I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess we could talk to talk to the Hornets and, and see if they can come up with something. Do you yeah. think it's worth talking to the sheriff and see if we can get him to play along? Man, he's been so heads down just going after, you know, parking tickets and shit ever since things went all weird. I think he hasn't had much appetite for uh, grand affairs of the supernatural. They're stern. Yeah, I don't know what whose side he's on, honestly, at this point. I think you haven't seen hide nor hair of him since since the FBI moved in town. Yeah, but would it would it be safe to assume that like there is no reason to think he would have any? Yeah, would, it's not like we formed a lot of bonds with Stern, yeah, right? Like I, there's I'm no like he, he's a believer, him. right? Yeah. But there's no reason to think that he. I think that Aubrey certainly formed a camaraderie with him because they lived together for nearly a year. But also I think um, when, when the FBI rolled up into town, it was instantly like, get the fuck out of here. This is, uh, this is lockdown, you know, government shit. And I think agent Stern was the only one sort of trying to soften the, the blow a little bit, uh, trying to, has he made any effort to contact no, no, us in the two months He's since? Well, and, and he, and, and to add to that, he probably is not real happy about having the whole case taken away from him either. Absolutely not. Yes. Um, so yeah, you are not entirely sure. Uh, Janelle speaks up again and she says, I must warn you when you open up that gate, you can cross through, but I have every expectation that the quell or pieces of it are going to make their way across as well. And if we can control it, if we can d defend Kepler from it while you all uh, accomplish your mission on the other side, then, then perhaps we can stave off the planet's destruction. But if, if you open a door, it opens both ways. I believe having the sheriff, I believe having as many people on our side as we possibly can get is... A, a necessary precaution. All right. So let me see if everybody's on board with this. seems like first up, we got to get the Hornets on our side. And then we got to get them distracting the FBI. So we maybe can get Agent Stearns back on our side. So he can help us get Mama back on our side. And then we go over to the other side this got away from me, but 
basically we need about a million things to go exactly right mm-hmm. before we even get a chance to go to the nether realm and die. Is that, does everybody feel pretty good about this summation of our current situation? You hear a voice come from the direction of the entrance of the cryptonomica, and it says, yes, and it's a fine plan, folks. And then a sketchbook flies into the center of uh, the circle of people gathering here, and it lands at your feet, and you see depicted within all of these images of Kepler destroyed and your party being overcome by this living storm and each one more terrifying than the last. And you look up at where the voice and the, and the book came from and you see in the doorway is Winnebago parked outside behind him, injured cold, who says, It could probably use a bit more work. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hey, if you like your podcast to be focused and well-researched and your podcast host to be uncharismatic, unhorny strangers who have no interest in horses, then this is not the podcast for you. Yeah, and what's your deal? <laughs> I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Our show's called Baby Geniuses. And its hosts are horny adult idiots. We discover weird Wikipedia pages every episode. We discuss institutional misogyny. We ask each other the dumbest questions, and our listeners won't stop sending us pictures of their butts. We haven't asked them to stop, but they also aren't stopping. Join us on Baby Geniuses every other week on MaximumFun.org. Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host When Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. Whether you are a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. And then that's how my day starts. Yeah. Come on. I'm I, so I, sick of it. <laughs> when is that going to be over? Like, I want it to stop. <laughs> Teresa, you're hurting my ears. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Yeah, no, that's... I just hate it. Yeah, I don't blame you. It sucks. It really sucks. So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Find us on MaximumFun.org, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.